Broadcasting by the sea in sunny San Diego, this is the Ascended Masters at Work show, where we lift the veil of mysticism and reveal ancient secrets brought to earth by the world's greatest spiritual teachers. Here we share real-life stories that change lives and widen our eyes. And now, here is your host and spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. For those of you who are on the Pacific Coast, and I hope that you are on the East Coast or taking really good care of yourself and doing whatever they tell you to do because we've got these atrocious hurricanes coming up. So I I thought we'd do something a little more fun today. And we, you know, we do a lot of business and a lot of finance and a lot of sales. And I have a really fun person for you today. And She's kind of for all of those who are looking for a relationship or maybe struggling in a relationship. And she has an amazing book, and I'm going to tell you all about that. But this woman is really passionate about helping people find the love in their own lives. And she's an in-demand speaker, an ordained minister, a relationship and a love coach, an author of her book, Finding Your Love at Last, Five Simple Steps, get that, Five Simple Steps to Attracting Your Soulmate Within 90 Days. And she's currently working on her follow-up book, Just for Couples, which is Finding Your Love as La- at Last Duets, How Couples Can Make Beautiful Life Music Together. Now, what I think you're going to be amazed at is that she has already supported over 500 couples in their love at last and is now ready to help the take on the world to do the same. And she believes that every couple's relationship problem is nothing more than an opportunity in disguise. So I want to tell you, her name is Renee Michelle Gordon, and she is a doctor. And The interesting thing is that she was a regular on Dr. Phil's hit show, The Doctors, and is planning her own lifestyle relationship television show. Renee, welcome to the show. I'm very interested in what you have to say today. Well, thank you, Shirlene. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here, and thank you for your beautiful invitation to to be a guest on your fantastic radio show that's broadcasted i think not only in america but all over the world right yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah. a syndicated show yes and so you have thousands of uh, listeners all around so i'm impressed <laughs> thank you <laughs> so uh, you know i want you to talk to us first a little bit i want to hear a bit more about being a regular on dr phil's show could you tell us about that oh absolutely yes um we were, I was asked to uh, to be on his show about seven years ago when they first started. It was actually his son, and their producers had contacted uh, myself and my husband, and uh, they wanted us to talk about relationships and also talk about, uh, especially around Valentine's Day, how uh-huh. to create your your um, you know how to create a romantic dinner. This was on the doctor's show, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I created a menu. I was on the show with my husband. It was more for couples. And we created an aphrodisiac menu, which was just a ton kind of thing. Really fun. You know, there was a shrimp cocktail and and, uh, strawberries dipped in dark chocolate. 
and I made little tuxedos out of the strawberries and not just oysters and things like that, which is so blasé, but it was also things of something unique and different like papaya and mango and actually sitting on the floor in your living room, not having to go out to a restaurant where it's crowded and you're waiting two or three hours for food that's mediocre and, and service that is very blasé and, and you would have to wait a long time and the food is not very good. Mm-hmm. And having a romantic dinner at home, sitting at home on the coffee table, feeding each other, sitting on the floor with pillows around you, some beautiful candles and having finger food. Like uh, you don't have to do anything at home. You can have sushi brought in or pick up the sushi, put it on beautiful platters and have finger food where you're actually feeding each other. And that's the romantic thing and having beautiful music in the background and candlelight and creating romance and and then setting candles in your bedroom. Now this would be for couples who've been together for a while or dating, you know, for a while as well. And it just creates that ambiance of love, affection, respect, and it creates this igniting this passion within two people who love each other. Mm, That sounds beautiful. You know, I was thinking as you were saying that, that one of my favorite things to do is to sit on the floor and have Chinese food in candlelight. And I'll always do it on it when I move and I'm actually there for the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's always nicer if I have someone else to do it with. <laughs> yeah, it's much nicer, but it is wonderful to do. You know, if you're by yourself and you haven't found that love at last, I always talk about finding the love within you. And, um, you know, when you eat by yourself, which I did for many years, because I was, I've been single my whole life until I found my, my husband and I found each other. Um, when I would be at home, I would set, you know, four course dinner. I have a candlelight. I have, you know, a bottle of wine. I would have maybe one or two glasses, have the TV on, or just have great classical music on and just nurture myself and celebrate my day. And the fact that I've been alive and I was able to share and help people through the different types of work that I was doing or philanthropy. And it was celebrating my day saying, I deserve this. And then my little dog would have her little food too on a little chair and a little table for her. It was just, it was a mommy and me thing. So I always celebrate (laughs) of just being alive and and ending the day with a a wonderful dinner. Wow, that sounds so beautiful. Really beautiful. Now, Now you say you're married. And yes, I was yes. reading your book. Uh, I I thought your book was really, really interesting. And I noticed that you said that people could find love in 90 days. Did you do that with your husband? Well, yes, I did. Um, I, uh, I didn't find him. Actually, he found me and he found me on. We've been married, happily married for 17 years. We've been together since 2000. Uh-huh. And uh, he found me on, on Match.com. Mm-hmm. And out of 2,874 men who emailed me, I had picked out 87 and I didn't go online. Um, I didn't, I had my ad was put on through some of my friends cause I didn't know how to, to do uh, technology things like putting an ad in or writing a profile. I knew what to say, but not actually doing the technology thing of the browse and putting a photo in. So uh, I wrote my profile. My friends put that in. I gave them a picture from my portfolio and they put that in. And then voila, you know, within from April of, of 2000 to September of 2000, I had 2,874 men. I went out with 87. <laughs> you know, when I did match, I did it myself. And it became another job. 
I had probably that many as well. And I couldn't believe how many reached out. And it's really hard to call them out. So what, I mean, I know now that when they have their pic, their pictures there and they're cut off from their neck down, they're probably really heavy. And because mm-hmm. I had an experience where I went to meet a, a um, football coach and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, this guy ought to be really interesting. And maybe he'll be kind of beefed up. Who knows? You know, boy, was he beefed up in a way (laughs) that I totally didn't expect. And I said I'd have breakfast with him. So I was stuck there sitting, trying to make conversation with him. And we were not a match in any sense of the word. And when I sat down, he had all these croissants and muffins and he ate for like four people. So I learned that when they have just their head as a picture that you got to watch out. Right. You must have learned a lot of little innuendos from those. Um, yeah, it's yeah. usually. Yes, you're surely you're absolutely right. Um, I think I put I had done my affirmations and manifestations, which I wrote to God. It was 57 page letter. It was like a business plan. And what I did before I had gone online, uh, I was already online. But like that night, I wrote this 57 page letter to God. And in it, I, I knew what I wanted, but I actually put in it what I wanted. Somebody who's 6'3", salt and pepper hair, bright blue eyes, somebody who loves delicious food and loves to eat delicious food, somebody who loves to enjoy wine and maybe once in a while a cigar, but I didn't like cigarettes. So I only put what I, I wanted, not the not, not, because I, th- I believe that the universe only understands what you want, not what you don't want. So I said, right. cigars are okay but maybe once in a while, I also put down, you know, I, I love children, but I wanted to marry somebody who's been married before so that I don't have to break them in, you know, like, <laughs> tra- or like train them. you know, <laughs> it was, it was, I was over 30 years old. The point <clears throat> is, is that I wanted somebody who was married before. Maybe I would be a second or third wife and someone who had children 16 years and older. And I didn't say younger because again, the universe hears what we want. Mm-hmm. So I put that on the manifestation uh, letter in the profile. I wrote certain things and not so much about what he looks like, but more of what he is and who he's being. And when the, there's a thing that I live by the be, do and have and being mm-hmm. in the being, I wanted to see who he was because if he were a CPA or if he were, you know, a, uh, a partner in a law firm, that doesn't define the person. And what defines a, per- the, what defines a person is who they stand for and their values and beliefs. And that's what I was looking for to be congruent with. Now, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I didn't really want to marry somebody who's in the government, you know, uh, or FBI or somebody who works as a clerk as a, in, a, in a courtroom. It just wasn't my, my thing. I wanted somebody who's more entrepreneurial in a more leadership role. And I, I have dated politicians before, so that wasn't that part of the government. It was more of people who are um, mid-range in their um, in their leadership. That makes sense. It, absolutely, it makes sense. So I, I definitely wanted um, someone in a leadership role, definitely an entrepreneur, partner in a law firm or CPA firm, or an mm-hmm. architect, or and somebody who really enjoys food because I love to cook and I love fine dining where you match the wine and the food together. Not just drinking because you're drinking, but matching the food to pair with a certain type of taste and nuances of what food delivers. 
So what you're saying is to write your values down and then um, see, you know, to tell the universe what your values are and what you want in a person. And then the universe will bring that person to you. Is that correct? Pretty much. Um, and I didn't know the term at the time when I was looking for my husband. Um, I didn't know the word values and beliefs. I kind of got that as I was engaged many times. And I kind of got that once I got engaged, I broke up like within two to four weeks before the wedding date. And it wasn't so much a runaway bride, but there were certain tells that after I was engaged, their personality kind of changed and they want to be more controlling or they want to be more dominant in my life. And I kind of didn't want that. I'm more of a, a wild stallion and I didn't want to be on a leash or corralled or bamboozled or whatever you want to call it. And I wanted to have freedom is one of my top values. Well, actually, mm -hmm. my first top value is God. And mm -hmm. then freedom is up there. And yeah. what I've learned is to create my own five that resonates with who I am as, as Renee Gordon. And that's what I help clients with is help them resonate with their values of what that is. Mm. Some people don't believe in God, which is okay for them. But then they should find somebody who also is congruent with that value. Some people don't value freedom. They, they want to be with somebody who's like, you know, an anchor. You know, just they lug around. And they, they love that. Um, some men need to be needed. Uh, some men need to be have freedom. Women are like that as well. Some women need to be needed and they like this whole heavy thing around them, but they love that. Me, I love freedom to be able to do what I want when I want, and I do that now. Uh, my husband, as long as my husband knows where I'm at and I'm safe, and that's all he cares about, as long as I'm safe. And he mm -hmm. says, well, do whatever you want. So I can travel, go away for weekends with girlfriends. You know, I, I have freedom to do what I want. Yeah, so and I think that's, that's so deal. important so that we can continue to be ourselves. You know, some people want to be, uh, they actually like being smothered and told what to do. But, uh, you know, I had that in my first marriage and it, it did not go well at all. We we yes. were always at odds. So I want to um, introduce Nancy onto the onto the call and she's on line one. So uh, I know she has a question for you and she's been waiting patiently. Oh, are okay. you there, Nancy? Hi, I have a question. Um, and currently I'm uh, going through a divorce right now. And when's a good time to remarry someone fantastic? And when should I start to take date? Oh, what a great question that is. And that Nancy, is a good one. A wonderful question. And, and Nancy, how long have you been married? Um, 27 years and been together 35. 35. Wow. Okay. And you've just been dating each other, for, been with each other also, um, um, just by yourself, just the two of you for 35 years? Yes. Okay. What I suggest is um, once the divorce is final, definitely write a letter to your husband, your ex-husband. And obviously, uh, do you have children? Yes, I do. Three. Okay. Three. Wonderful. Um, write your husband, your ex-husband, that would be at the time, uh, a letter, whether it's two pages, five pages, or 20 pages and write it with bluing to white paper and write all the things that he did, which is wonderful things. And then when you're done with that, write all another letter, writing all the negative things that he did. And this is part of cleansing of that relationship. And after you write all the negative things on another uh, set of five to 10 pages, uh, you want to burn those. 
And that's just the beginning because even after 30 years, you need at least three or four years to really cleanse yourself and also date again, but not necessarily date to find a relationship. It's kind of nice to be with girlfriends and travel with them and just be with them and just do things that you don't normally do. Are your children grown? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you probably have the freedom that you didn't have before in your relationship so that you can kind of do and, and do it, you know, whatever level you want of, of traveling, of being with girlfriends, going to the movies with friends and just having a more, a much more lighter part of your relationship. And the main thing, Nancy is finding who Nancy is and finding the true love that you have within yourself before you give your love again to someone else. So that's the main okay. thing is you love loving yourself first. And that'll take a little bit of time. And, and I'm happy to help you in that area. I'm the expert at that. And to, to be patient with yourself and really nurture yourself and do what you want and don't let anyone dictate anything to you, but listen to your heart and, and, and be in your silence and being present. Sometimes it's hard, especially if you, if you've had kids for a long time and you've had the husband and, schedules and this and that now it's just nancy's time and so it's time just to be with yourself to do what you want and your freedom and and to call me i would love to give you a complimentary coaching call so okay, renee you. you made a really You're good welcome. comment and i i want nancy to stay on the line for just a minute um you were saying that we had to find out who we are and i remember <clears throat> i was married for 17 years and when we split up, people would say, take care of you or um, um, make sure that you are okay, do things that you love to do. But I found that it was really hard to figure out who I was. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you would share with Nancy one way she can just figure out who she is. That's a big part of it because when you're with someone for that long, you become a part of them. And you have so much history that you really don't know who you are when you are set free like that. Right. Uh, Shirlene, I, I totally agree with what you said. And you're absolutely right. And yes, it is taking time to be with yourself. And through the experience of being with girlfriends and friends and going to parties and tr lots of travel. Um, so I mm -hmm. definitely recommend traveling with girlfriends and literally experiencing, experiencing life differently of not necessarily be, you're not alone, but you're with friends and have that support system, especially with girlfriends who really care and are there to nurture you and have your back all the time. You can call anytime and, and explain what you're going through and, and cry a little bit on each other's shoulders and have, have have someone to share that with. Again, I can help you with all that, but the if, if you're not able to, uh, to, to call me for whatever reason, you can do that and do a lot of writing that usually helps a lot, but definitely experience life uh, as a single person. And it's not scary out there. I know sometimes people like to overlap relationships because they don't like to be alone. Well, be alone. And so that when you find the next person who comes into your life, you'll be truly authentic who Nancy is. And you're not conformed to what your husband wanted you to be, or your kids wanted you to be. You can be authentic to who Nancy is. And that's what counts. And that's the true Nancy. And when you be, when you're in that authenticity, you get to connect with your, your Nancy within you. Your, I call it your little Nancy that's probably been hidden in a drawer 
for a long time because she's not fully self-expressed to be to be blossoming like a beautiful butterfly. She's still the little caterpillar because she's been, you know, hidden for a long time in, in a little drawer or a little closet. And now she's breaking out of her cocoon and, and Nancy's going to fly like a beautiful butterfly. You like that metaphor? Okay. That sounds gorgeous. <laughs> beautiful. Was that a good uh, response for you, Nancy? Yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Um, you know, I want to say that uh, it's taken me nine years to really know who I am and be in a place where I could really move forward and add value. And, you know, Renee, when I <clears throat> when I did my letter, I also wrote what I was willing to give to the relationship. And um, it's that's grown over the years, I've noticed. And I thought that was really interesting. Have you ever done that with your clients? What, what is that? What do you mean? Write, write out what they're willing to give to a relationship. Yes. Yeah. And yes, you're, you're right, Charlene. Um, what you're willing to give. It, it's, it is, as it, Dr. Michael Gross calls it, um, it's, it's an exchange and an exchange of value to, to the right action to correct exchange. When you have the right action, and part of that action is knowing your values and beliefs first. And it goes in deeper than saying, she has blonde hair, mm -hmm. or he has blue eyes, or they like jazz, I like jazz, so let's get married. It's more, it's much deeper than that. And that's playing at the shallow end of the pool. What I do with my clients, I pull them into the deeper end, which is on the deep end, and it's kind of scary, but I'm there giving them a life raft. So they, they don't flail. They, they may think they are, but I'm there to always catch them. And in knowing who you are and in delving deeper, you can get to where you want to be and be authentic to truly have the freedom that you want to have. Now, not freedom to just do like what with wild abandon, do whatever, run around naked. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about <laughs> being, being true to yourself. If there's times, here's an example. There's people who have holiday Christmas time, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day. And people say it's a huge stress day, that the holidays are stressful. The holidays are stressful because many, many, many millions of people do not live authentically. That means that they're meeting family who they don't talk to during the day, during the year, normally. And that brings up all their icky stuff from their childhood, whether it's parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever happened when they're children, comes up again during the holidays because it, it triggers something. So between the the cooking, the stress that they have in the relationship, and just it's something different, that's where the stress bubbles up. If you're mm -hmm. living an authentic life and you don't get along with that aunt or uncle, there's ways you can set boundaries that will keep you from feeling stressed. Does that make sense? It's a very interesting thought because – you know, we've got the holidays coming up and yes, that's, yes, it's a lot of people are demanded to be with the family in the holidays and they don't want to be there at all. And yes. so they bring that anger with them in the first place. So how could how could there not be an eruption of some? There, kind? Yes, exactly. And I know that when I first got married, my first two or three years, um, my mother gets like that. She gets very demanding and mm -hmm. have to acquiesce to a lot of things who she is. And that's just who she is. So I've learned through the years to accept her for who she is. I only have one mother during that. 
I felt friction and my my chest would tighten up. So whether we, I took her to a beautiful buffet at the Beverly Hills Hotel with my sister, who also complains, or to the Four Seasons, or I had her here at my beautiful home to have a beautiful dinner, they'd still always complain. And I thought on the third year, I said to my husband, I said, you know, let's not do this because it feels kind of icky. And he said, really? I said, yes. I said, all these years I've been single, I've been doing this with my, with my family, and it's an obligation. I said, let's just do something different. Let's just go away. And we went away for Thanksgiving and we went away another time for, for uh, Christmas on a cruise and a two week mm-hmm. cruise with my little dog. And I felt so good. I said, wow, this is profound freedom. Normally I would be like rushing around and wrapping lots and lots of presents. And even if I wrote, gave him lots of like 20 or 30 presents, they still would not be happy. So I just rather just go on a cruise with my husband and my little dog. And I was so happy. And I gave them their one little present and they were surprised. I said, they said, but wow, Renee, you're really changing. And it wasn't getting married. It's just finding who I am and being self-expressed without guilt. And guilt, Shirley, as you probably know, is only if you allow guilt in. If you always have love and gratitude and appreciation in your heart, that's what you'll have. So there's two emotions. There's love and there's fear. So stress and, and doubt and obligation and and all these icky stuff is in the fear category. Where under love, you have the love, appreciation, acknowledgement, and all the wonderful things that come under love. Respect is another thing, and being respectful to yourself and who you spend time with, because our life is very short, Shirley. Mm-hmm. So always be careful yes. who you spend your time with. Awesome. Thank you for that, Renee. That was beautiful. And you mentioned Dr. Michael Gross, and he's online too. And I always Uh love when he calls in because he has these awesome questions. Isn't he remarkable? I just think he's a phenomenal uh, teacher, an oracle, uh, someone that I I literally just love to listen to his words of wisdom uh, on Tuesday nights. He has a, a, you might want to share that with everyone. Yes. I will. Yes. Um, in fact, I'm going to let him share it. So um, are you there, Dr. Michael? Yes, I am. Thank you so much you are. for allowing me <laughs> to be on. You're welcome. It's I'm really I'm glad honored. you're here with us. Go ahead. Thank you. And I'm really honored to be on with Dr. Renee. So thank you. I have a couple of questions, and I'll address the first one. And so many times in a relationship, we get into a groove or a pattern and things become ho-hum and we take each other for granted and we just kind of float along. And it seems the spark and the excitement of love is kind of floated away somewhere. And how do you reignite this spark of love? That's okay. my first question. Okay. So can I answer that first, Charlene? Is that all right? Yeah, please do. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Michael, what I do, what I tell a lot of my clients, because I have a lot of couples who've been married for a very long time, and they don't want to get divorced, but it's just very humdrum. And like I had said earlier, um, you know, eating at home, but not just making dinner, but ordering out something delicious and different, like sushi, and sitting on a coffee table and sharing a beautiful dinner, no TV, no telephone. The only technology you have is maybe your music from your iTunes with romantic classical music or something like that. Have the room filled with beautiful candles and feed one another and have the pillows all around your chair or your, your, your uh, on the carpet, on the floor, and just have a romantic evening. Definitely put the kids away if you have kids or send them to the babysitter or if you have dogs, put them away so that you're not having dogs 
eating your food or slobbering all over the place. You want to have this one-on-one -on -one time that you truly show respect to one another. And, and also, too, is, is getting dressed for dinner, not necessarily putting an evening gown on, but putting something nice on, not something that you normally would clean the garage in. Uh, something that's uh, that you would be going out to dinner with normally and make sure you're showered, perfumed or cologne and shave and wax or whatever you need to do and be with each other and make sure that the bedroom is ready because that's your love chamber. And in your love chamber, you want to have candles around the tub, candles, you know, in that area and bubble bath and a beautiful the bed, the sheets cleaned and washed and made so that when you. After dinner, maybe you go into the to the shower together and wash each other's back, which you don't normally do, but it's something different and unique. Or go into the bathtub together with a beautiful bubble bath and maybe have like your chocolate strawberries and champagne. And then go into the bedroom and have some oil ready and just uh, massage each other's back. S simple, nothing way outside of the realm of possibility, but something that you don't normally do. Maybe massage her feet or she can massage your feet, something that you both reciprocate. And in the massage, you'll find that close intimacy. But before you do that, before you even go to dinner, I mean, have dinner at home, you might want to write little love notes. Now, you don't have to spend a ton of money on roses or, or greeting cards. Even a post-it note would be great. A post-it note saying, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being you on the a windshield or in, in her car or in her, on her, in her wallet, in her purse, or she can do the same for you. If the women out there are listening, cause I know I have a lot of women uh, followers as well, do something that you show appreciation to your husband. One of the things I have with, with um, appreciation, I'm going to give you this a little uh, lesson right here, uh, a little topic of what I, how I teach my, my clients. Would that be okay, Shirley? It's called the five sure. A's. Mm -hmm. Okay. I call this the five A's. One of them is acknowledgement appreciation, acceptance, affection, and attention. Now, both men and both men and women love this, but especially men. When men feel acknowledged that they did something right, all men love to be our heroes. Whether it's emptying the trash or whatever it is, hug them. Thank you, honey, for emptying the trash. Even if it's emptying the trash or feeding the dogs or whatever it is, or mowing the lawn. In Southern California, nobody mows the lawn here, but everyone has gardeners. But just show acknowledgement of something that they did. The other one is appreciation. Just show that in, in a hug and just telling them how much you mean to them. The other one is acceptance. Accept them for who they are. Now, this is for people who've been married for a while. If the person is grouchy or whatever it is, or they're on their period or uh, they have a little thing at the office, just accept them for who they are and allow them to just uh, rant, whatever it is, so they can get it off their chant, uh, chest and then allow them to be. And if you're a woman supporting your husband, let him get it off his chest. Or maybe he wants to be quiet and just watch TV and just give him his clicker, a can of beer, and to watch the Dodgers. Men love that. Or basketball or football, whatever. I think it's football season coming up. So allow them to be for half an hour and decompress. And when a man does that, they sh will surely, surely appreciate that. Then you can tell them all the woes that you had during the day or your wins and breakthroughs that you had. And then there's affection and there's attention. So all this is combined. You'll have a very happy husband or a, a ha very happy wife. Did I That's answer your beautiful. question, Dr. Gross? Yes, you certainly did. Thank you. So that was wonderful information. I really appreciate it.
May I you ask have another, you another question? question? Oh, yes. Can, I, can we take yeah. a quick break? Would you mind? And uh, then we'll be Absolutely. right back because I'm, I'm on pins and needles to hear your next question. Okay. So <laughs> we'll be right back. Thank you. you had someone special to look forward to to spending those lonely Friday nights with? Is your soulmate out there waiting just for you? Is there a better way for you to find Mr. and Mrs. Wright without the embarrassment or hassle of going to an online dating site again? Well, you're in luck. My name is Dr. Renee Michelle Gordon, your love and relationship coach, and I'm here to the rescue. I'm the author of my newest book, Finding Your Love at Last, Five Simple Steps to Attracting Your Soulmate Within 90 Days. We have just seven openings for love and relationship coaching. If you're serious about finding your soulmate or devoted to improving your existing relationship, I have successfully helped well over 500 couples find love and happiness, and I'm wondering when you will be ready to have the same in your life. I'm offering a complimentary 20-minute love and relationship session for the first 10 people who contact me through my website, loveatlast.com, and that's spelled L-U-V-A-T-L-A-S-T dot com. Again, L-U-V-A-T-L-A-S-T dot com. And I hope all of you wrote that down so you'll know how to contact Dr. Renee Gordon, who is our guest expert today. And we've been on the line just now with... Dr. Michael Gross and and Renee shared with us what did you call them five principles five I didn't get your yeah, term it's the, it's the five uh, simple principles I call it the five A's and that's okay, five would you like A's. to repeat that again for you Charlene nope I got it it's acceptance appreciation uh, affection attention and what's the last one what did I miss oh it's acknowledgement acknowledgement okay so I thought that was really great how you explained that and I could see why it would really support a relationship it, just, it sounds like it would be wonderful for either the man or the woman mm -hmm. and so now we have dr. Michael Gross and he's going to ask his second question go ahead well thank you so much I uh -huh. appreciate it great answer thank you Renee and uh, thank you, Shirlene, for having her on. So my next You're question certain. is, this is, probably most men would be interested in this. When is the best time to approach a person when you want to have intimacy in your relationship? Okay. Um, is this, are these, these people are not married, obviously. Are they just dating? That's correct. Okay. Um, I believe, I mean, you kind of know when it's time, I mean, the second or third date, it's still not a good time because here's how I look at uh, men and women. Women are like, are like crock pots. Men are like microwaves. Men are ready at any time, at any place, no matter what they are ready. So, um, the women on the other hand are more like crock pots where it takes them a little while to get warmed up, to get ready. But also in a relationship, once a woman gives herself to a man, she's literally his. So I tell a lot of women out there who are single, whatever age you are, midlife, in your 30s, even uh, uh, girls in the colleges, I say, hold off 
until you're actually ready. And there's ways a woman can can take care of herself without having a man around, but you don't want to do that on a regular basis. But on the other hand, when you give yourself to a man, your heart gets involved with that too. And so many people get their hearts broken. And in that, there's so many things that happen where things fall apart. And it's such a, a hurtful feeling. It's a heaviness in your chest. And it, it's hard to carry that around. It's like this big anchor because love is is such a powerful, par, such a powerful emotion. So I believe that when you know that your values and beliefs are congruent with one another, uh, it will be time. So it could be the fifth, sixth, eighth date. And when you do make love for the first time, I'm talking to all the people who are not in relationships right now, definitely do it, not necessarily at someone's house, uh, because there's memories there of other people's relationships or people that they've slept with before. I would suggest going to a hotel or a cruise. Or, you know, they, they have these in Los Angeles, little weekend cruises. And do something like that that's romantic so that when you have your first encounter, it's something loving and memorable. Did that mm -hmm. answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you. And and uh, I appreciate being a, a microwave. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That could be a fun okay. microwave. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's men have to take their time and be patient. And it's worth the wait. If it's if it's the right girl, it's worth the wait. But any anything longer than two months is... You know somebody within two or three months. By three months, you you probably should have had uh, sexual relations or not. If you don't, then there's a problem, uh, either psychological, they're still dating someone else that you don't know about, or they have some sexual problems or something like that, which is all okay. Have them call me and I can help them out. But definitely if there's, there's no intimacy within the first two or three months, either they're afraid of, of uh, falling in love because they've got deeper seated things or they're seeing somebody else for mm. certain. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And what if they actually admit that they have somebody else on their mind and, um, you know, they break up and then they go, then the person finds another person and then they say, oh no, I'm back again. I think it'd be, you know, I think I, I can get beyond this. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's it's a roller coaster, and you know there's there's hundreds of thousands of people out there. If you really want to find that special person, you know, move on. I would just say move on. It's it's too much. When people start playing the games, and they start ma manipulating and kind of conniving and and not being really present because they're in love with someone else or they have that on their mind, they're not fully present. They're not fully yours. So you need to move on. Life is very, very short. And when people start manipulating, that's called control. When people are in control or trying to control the other person, it's called fear. And when you don't want to get involved with somebody who's already in that fear mode, you want to find somebody who's done lots of life transformation and has real high emotional intelligence to know that you'll be compatible with that person. But as I said, life is very short. I've, I've died twice, Shirley, and come back mm -hmm. to life. Mm -hmm. And I know how life is very short. So that's why I do the work that I do. And I love my clients and they love me and they love to give me referrals. But the biggest joy I get is knowing that either they left the relationship and they're thrilled and happy or they're back to they're closer than ever. And they've been married for several years and they they're like renewal of their vows. And they're like high school sweethearts again because mm -hmm. they just followed my guidelines. And that's the biggest thing I get. That's the reason why I do what I do. That's my purpose. Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, did that answer your question, Dr. Michael Gross? 
Yes, it certainly did. Thank you so much. May I well, speak about my phone call? Yes, please do very quickly. All right. Every Tuesday evening, I do a complimentary conscious expansion call. And you can ask, what is my purpose, why I'm here, and so on and so forth. And you can call me at 515-739-1020. That's 515-739-1020. Access code 125-446-POUND. 125-446-POUND. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. It's such an honor to have you. And uh, I I love it when he comes on because I attend his Tuesday night uh, calls and so does Renee. So yes. both of us are big fans of Dr. Michael Gross. So I really appreciate that he came on here. Now we have Patrick on line one and oops, I'm sorry. I've got to take William on line four. William's been waiting a very long time. Oh, great. Thank you. Hi, William. Are you there? I'm still here. I just drank some water, so uh, <laughs> clear my voice. Thank you so much for your patience, uh, and, and we're glad you're yeah, here with us. Learning so much on the the phone. This has been uh, this has been fantastic, and I appreciate Dr. Uh, Renee for sharing her wisdom. Hmm. So, what is your question? Well, my question is. Um, I've been dating somebody for a while and they they don't quite uh, I'm I'm feeling like they don't quite reciprocate the feelings I have it's like as when I pull away they 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 pull me back and and I'm very confused what is what should I do I mean I'm not I'm not engaged I'm not uh we're, we've just been dating what should I do at this point? Uh, should I cut my losses? Should I stick with it? What do you suggest? Okay. So uh, how long have you been dating this person? Uh, well, it's been a little over a year, but they they moved in the middle of uh, this relationship. So it's a long distance relationship, uh, but it's it it was uh it, it was a good relationship at first when it was close but now with being uh, away it's not the same okay great are you looking for um a companion to be with a forever companion a soulmate that's everlasting love possible marriage are you looking for that right now well that's that was the point of this person was i was thinking of them as a as a potential uh, future wife okay so if that person is living in another area and she moved from the area that you were in together and she's not willing to to be there uh, physically or being really present when you're together, then I feel that if she's not ready, you need to pull back and not even pull back, just let it go and find someone else. Because when you when people, as I said to uh, Dr. Gross, when when people, men or women, start manipulating or trying to control a situation, either they're just not into you, which it's okay. And they're maybe ready for a marriage, but just not with you. And so you might want to just go ahead and and uh, cut your losses and move forward. Like I said to Dr. Gross, life is very, very short. And so if you have someone playing games and just, just not really there present, then you need to move on. Do you talk to her on a regular basis on the phone or not? Yeah, I talk to her on the phone a fair amount of times, but it, it's... Uh... It's sometimes distant, sometimes close. So it's uh, my 
my emotions are on a roller coaster, it seems. So I just want to share this with everyone, is that love is not about emotions going up and down, fighting, bickering. That's not really love. That's uh, not abuse, but it's not true love. True love is, yes, you can have a little bit of an argument or a little bit of a tip, but not where it's up and down. The relationship is literally up and down. Normally, people who have that, the sex is phenomenal. But I call that tachycardia, when it's up and down and up and down. And when you make up, it's intense and all that, and, and it makes the bedroom rattle. But it's on the outside of the bedroom, it's just very like, I don't like this, but why am I attracted to this? And I tell a lot of my clients, you're attracted to it because inside of yourself, because you're not loving yourself as, as, as you should be, is that your inside as well is being in a confused state. So I think the first thing you should do is break off. And find yourself, call me. I'd love to give you a complimentary uh, coaching call. And I can help you to, to break off that, that bad relationship or not one that's resonating with you to your values. And you can find another woman or person, whoever it is. And I can help you do that. But it's too, life, like I said, life is too short. You don't want to be manipulated or, or um, controlled. Okay. That, that would mean you need to let go, William. You have to let go. Yeah. yeah. It's time to move on, and yeah, doesn't matter how great it is, you, you need to move on and have get a clean slate, like an etch a sketch, and you shake it all up, and it's a clean slate. <laughs> and find somebody else and, in and ninety how do, days. How do I get a hold of you? Um, yes, Renee, um, my website you? is loveatlast.com, and it's spelled L-U-V-A-T-L-A-S-T.com. Loveatlast.com. Okay, thank you. Okay, and I can, and, and you have you have your your contact information on there. Yes, contact information. Um, there's a landing page. I have an event coming up next week, which I can talk to Dr. Shirley later. It's on Friday the fifteenth, but I'll share that with everyone um, towards the end of the call. I think we have more questions, um, Dr. Shirley. Is that we correct? do? <laughs> we do. Are you okay, okay William? Thank Did you, you so get much. all that you needed? Yes, yes, this was very helpful, and thank you so much. I really needed that. Thank you. Good. Thank you my, for my calling pleasure. in. My pleasure. Thank and you. we have Patrick on line one. Hi, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Hi, Renee. Thanks for having me on. I've read your book. It's oh. spectacular. And oh, I thank have two you. questions for you today. Okay. So question number one is um, you talk in your book about the importance of sharing the same values, morals, ethics, beliefs, interests, and hobbies. So could you expand a little bit on that? Maybe you've already talked about this earlier in the program. I just tuned in about 15 minutes ago. Um, if you've already done that, I'm sorry to ask that again. But why is that so important to have the same hobbies and passions and interests as your partner? So that'd be my okay. first question. And then second question is how long – uh, how much time should go by before you feel like you really get to know your partner, before you feel like maybe they could be the one or maybe they're not the one? Is it a matter of six months, a year, two years? When's the a, a right time in your heart to know that this is the person that I want to be with or maybe this is the person that would be a good spouse one day? Got it. All right. Thanks. Let me let me answer that real quickly. Um, I know that there's a bunch of other calls coming in as well because everyone's clamoring. So here we go. The first question is not so much hobbies. Uh, but definitely the uh, values and beliefs, that's on a deeper, deeper level. If you say, oh, she has blue eyes and she has blonde hair and she wants to have two kids, I want to have two kids, let's get married. 
she likes jazz music. I like jazz music. Let's get married. Definitely wrong because on a deeper level, things happen. Things happen from your past or her past that bubble up during a relationship. So I believe that your values and here's here's a here's, here's an example of a value. An example of a value is uh, it, not just a belief in God, but the, a religion or spirituality. What is she about? Is she about legacy, freedom? Uh, is she about uh, family? Is that really important to her? Is she about the community? Is she a philanthropist? You know, things that are resonate. Uh, does she want to have five kids or eight kids and you only want to have two kids? How big does her family want to, do you want to have that family? Is she willing to move across the country to Alaska or to New York or Hawaii? Is she grounded in where she lives? All these things have to come up. Also, you know, is, has she had past loves that she's gotten over? If those are not cleaned up first, like I said earlier to the last caller, if you don't shake it up and have a clean slate, like an Etch-A-Sketch, all that stuff will bubble up. A past love may come into her life and she may that may go into your relationship where she's not doing certain things and you're saying, why is she acting so odd? Or she may have a mother who's uh, somewhat toxic in a sense, who's bugging you in your relationship. And, uh, and then you say something like, oh gosh, I didn't realize that this existed. So values and beliefs all come in through, and it spreads out like a pebble. You throw a pebble into the ocean or to the river and it spreads out like ripples. When it comes to the time of a relationship, I go three to six months and three to six months, if there hasn't been anything of movement towards marriage or the other way, break it off. If there hasn't been any intimacy or anything of that nature, because in three to six months, you would experience a funeral, weddings, events, circumstances, situations, and things that come up. If by chance that that person doesn't want to get connected with you, she's trying to either be controlling, in, definitely in fear, definitely in fear, and she's hiding something. Either she's had a relationship or one or two or five, whatever, but or she's having a relationship with someone else that you may not know about and she's keeping that from you. So a lot of these things, and that comes from the fear mode, love is and fear are two separate things. They don't hold hands together. Love is respect, congruency, there is the appreciation, acknowledgement, and being truly, truly transparent. But it's also knowing who you are, the values that you have to ask those pertinent questions and outright in front, eyeball to eyeball, and not on the telephone, and not through email or text. I believe uh, God made us to connect with each other, not through text. The other part, the fear part, if it's, that person is not transparent and allowing you to truly be uh, connected to one another. And, you know, intimacy is really a strong part of love when it's intimacy of love, holding hands or just being naked, just holding each other. That is intimacy. If it hasn't gone to that place and it's been over six months, you need to let it go because there's definitely manipulation there. And she may be kind and sweet and, and all that, but you, you need to let that go. So I'm not sure if it's for a friend of yours that you're talking about Patrick or, or what, but that's my suggestion. So, uh, Renee, that was awesome, and I hope that helped you out, Patrick. We're running out of time today, and we need to take a short break before we uh, finish up. And um, so we'll be right back.
I'm Shirlene Reeves with Maximize Your Wealth Now with a new tip on how to maximize your wealth. What if you could compel your clients rather than selling them so that they would work with you? Wouldn't that be so much easier? Wouldn't it be easier to have more income? I talk to entrepreneur after entrepreneur, and they're running from networking group to networking group, and they're so tired. And the reason they're tired is because they're not making any money, and they don't know how to work with their perfect clients. What if I said to you, compel, don't sell, and I could give you the tips for how to do that. I'm tearing back the curtain, and I'm going to show you how I built my business from zero to multi-millions, and I want you to make multi-millions too. So check it out on my website, MaximizeYourWealthNow.com, and get signed up for the next class. I promise you, I guarantee you, you won't be sorry. I invested in Shirlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program, and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. I came in wanting to know how to get more people I could talk to. And I also learned some things I didn't know that I didn't know. And now I know. At least I have a good idea. The reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, is I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. In 10 weeks, eight Compel Don't Sell students made a total of $301,000. Isn't it time to make a compelling difference in your income? If you answered yes, call 1-888-889-9212. That's 1-888-889-9212 to register for the next Compel Don't Sell course and learn the art of selling with heart. Discover the secrets to the three-step sales waltz. Learn how to open a sales conversation and ask for the sale authentically in your own words. Dial to reserve your seat today. Dial 888-889-9212. Welcome back, everyone, and we have just a little bit of time to finish up. And so, Dr. Renee, I would yes. like to ask you, what are your final thoughts? What What is a takeaway that people can use today? Well, a takeaway, I know we've only got a few minutes, but I have a seminar next week, a webinar. Would, would it be okay if I share that with everyone? Please, yes. Okay, so it's my next week's webinar, which is on September 15th. And the topic of the seminar, webinar, I should say, I'm sorry, is love and relationship secrets to enhance your life. And that's September 15th at 6 p.m. And to to get the information about the webinar, go to loveatlast.com forward slash webinar. So that's L-U-V-A-T-L-A-S-T dot com forward slash webinars. And that's plural. 
Okay, awesome. So loveatlast.com, and you want to attend her webinar to get more right. information and ask more questions. And Lisa, I apologize that we couldn't get to you today. Hopefully you will go to the webinar and attend it, and then you could ask your question there. So thank you so much, Dr. Renee, for coming on the show with us. And boy, you gave us a lot of really great information. And we'll see everybody next week live on Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. See you then. Thank you for joining us on the Ascended Masters at Work show with spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. We hope you found our message enlightening in a way that will change your everyday interactions in work and play. Share the love. Pass on our web address, ascendedmastersatwork.com. And if you have a great story to share, we'd love to have you on the show. This has been a Massive Visibility Media Production. Join us next week for the Ascended Masters at Work show. And while remembering the words of the late Wayne Dyer, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. We say namaste.